You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. With us today is the Dean of American Documentary Filmmaking, Albert Mazels, who, along with his late brother David, is one of the founders of Direct Cinema. Albert Mazel's works include Salesman, which won a National Society of Film Critics Award, Gimme Shelter, the classic concert film chronicling the end of the 60s, Grey Gardens, the most intimate documentary ever made, and also a series of films following the works of the artist Christo and Jean-Claude. Albert Mazels, welcome to Film School. Hi, glad to be here. How are you feeling today? Just great. Good, good. Now, are you in New York right now? Oh, no, I'm in Los Angeles. Oh, very good. Are we treating you all right here on the coast? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so far, so good. Especially <laughs> good weather. You were here uh, doing the filming on uh, Christo's Umbrellas. Tell me what it was like to work with uh, Christo and how you, how you came in contact with him. It's always been great working with him. We've been working with them uh, oh, for so many, many, many years. Uh, we met them uh, in uh, Paris in 1963 when, uh, uh, through a mutual friend, we got together and showed them our first film that we had made together, a film called Showman. Mm-hmm. Right away, we could feel an affinity. That is, the kind of art that they do is uh, similar to the kind of uh, filmmaking. That is, so much of their artwork depends on the social and political response yes. to their idea. It's reality all over again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm so glad you said that, because so many people miss that about Christo's work, that so much of it is is the dealings of city council meetings and, and just meeting with people that he has to deal with in order to make the art work. Right. You know? And then when the art comes out, you like it or you don't, everyone participates in it, uh, in, in their response to it. Mm-hmm. I've got a, a copy of a Maisel scrapbook in my hands here, Good. and I was reading the uh, the introduction where you say that uh, you talk about adhering to reality in the introduction. Now, when you started making films, was that something you had in your intent when you were making them? Yes. The first film I ever made was a film in mental hospitals in Russia. Hmm. It was all a process of, uh, of discovery. Let me see what's going on here. I didn't interject any of my uh, preconceptions. It was a uh, as, as good as I could, uh, as close as I could come to, to capturing my own experience that was on the film. How has since then? How has your approach changed to filmmaking? Have Have you? Uh... It hasn't changed any. Yeah. Uh, only uh, I've been uh, able to get uh, that much closer to what's going on in events, closer to the to the viewer because of the technology. First camera I used was a 16 millimeter camera that uh, could only run for for three minutes. It didn't have sync sound and uh, and so forth. All that uh, happened five years later. The improvements so that uh, just took took two people, uh, my brother and myself, to, to shoot a whole film. Uh, yeah. That was wonderful. Now that would be 1960. Yes. You've spoken about that as almost a turning point in your life. 1960. But with making a primary, could you talk a little about that? Fortunately, uh, three other guys and myself found each other. Bob Drew was the producer. We all worked closely together in making a film of the primary election campaign between Kennedy and Humphrey with with new equipment that allowed us to uh, each little two-person crew to get things so so well represented. 
said is that the viewer felt, oh, my goodness, I'm right there with Kennedy or Humphrey. That was really quite exciting. Well, for anyone who, who hasn't, I just recently had uh, the opportunity to, to see Primary. It is a very intimate yeah. uh, look at these people, and, and given the, the constraints of the technology involved, you did a terrific job getting us inside of what these people were thinking and talking about. It was many, many years ahead of the mass media of uh, television. In fact, uh, even today, what uh, my colleagues and I have been doing is uh, far ahead of uh, the narrated CBS, NBC, CNN, whatever it is, kind mm -hmm. of uh, broadcast. It's also ahead, too, because it's not a point of view. Sort of, the viewer really can feel, oh, I'll figure this out myself. Uh, I have all the material uh, in front of me, uh, right close up, intimate, so that I can really feel that I know exactly what's going on yeah. without any kind of imposition. Now, today's technology has obviously advanced tremendous advancements in the, in the areas of being able to handheld cameras and the, the quality of the camera, the work. You feel like you've really been able to take advantage of it? Are you still learning about the technologies involved with filmmaking? Oh, yeah. The, the technology is improving all the time, yeah. all the more so for getting that much closer to uh, representing the real thing. And uh, it's cheaper. I, I made a little film of three, three-and-a-half-year-old kids having breakfast. The whole thing I shot in 40 minutes on one cassette. Yeah. So it cost me $3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In some ways, though, uh, oh, by the way, we're speaking with uh, Albert Mazels, America's Dean of Documentary Filmmakers, in some ways that's got to, I guess the word be cheapened, uh, what's been going on in, in documentary filmmaking. Uh, do you have any comments about that? Do you, do you feel like there's a higher quality uh, filmmaking going on now because of the technology? Uh, well, when a, because a writer uses a pencil rather than a pen, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. doesn't yeah, cheapen the, the quality of his work. Yeah, uh, it uh, it makes it uh, easier to do. It's still up to the artist himself to put something together of value. Isn't that right, what you're saying? It's still in the hands of yeah. the, of the uh, as you say, the artist. Yeah. Now, you were uh, an instructor in psychology in the fifties at, at Boston University. Is that that's right? Do you think that background in psychology propelled you to do the types of films that you do? To to want to look at people and 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 get some sort of idea of reality? Yes, much more so than uh, many a uh, camera person who knows the technology but doesn't have the uh, instinct for uh, having rapport with people and drawing from them something uh, quite natural. Uh, the psychology background, I think, was important. And also, uh, a psychologist is uh, open-minded, not looking for something that follows some sort of a pattern, but finding whatever the pattern is in itself uh, in the human behavior. It makes for much greater objectivity. But at the same time, because you have a, a love for people, the, you get those emotions in uh, recorded and recorded uh, correctly and fully and deeply. One of my favorite films ever is Grey Gardens. Did you have... An idea that uh, when you were making that, just how intimate of a film you were making? Oh, yeah. Almost right away we knew we were on some, into something uh, beyond uh, anything we'd ever done before. Quite an amazing experience since uh, one would think that uh, this couple, mother and daughter, 
who had isolated themselves, levelless, never had left their house in 20 years. How are you going to film them when, when uh, they crave this kind of independence? But uh, we could see right away that uh, what we were doing for ourselves, recording them, we were doing for them at the same time. They could come out of their isolation because we were representing them as they felt it too, for exactly who they were. When a singer and the other a dancer with a lot of uh, passion and, uh, and the desire for attention to be paid to their true selves. Can you give us a, uh, just a quick back story? How did you get to know who, who they were? So much of what I do is by chance, yeah. uh, as it happens in any adventure or discovery. got a call one day from Lee Radswell, whose boyfriend was Peter Beard, who was a friend of ours. Peter Beard is a famous uh, photographer. And so when Lee thought that she'd like to make a film of her childhood in East Hampton, Peter said, oh, you got to talk to the Maisels brothers. So she came to us with a list of some 40 or so ideas for such a film. One of them was her eccentric aunt and cousin. As we were filming uh, her one day, uh, the daughter, Edie, called her and said that uh, she's got to come over. We're having problems with the Board of Health. Yeah. And uh, uh, as you might know, there were so many cats and raccoons <laughs> and uh, the house was really taken over by by uh, animals and, and uh, disregard for for the normal uh, sanitary sort of thing. So we went over with uh, Lee and uh, started uh, uh, filming her conversation with them. When Lee, I think, saw that we had all this potential drama in, in, with those two women, I think she felt a little bit upstaged and she lost interest and we, we just uh, couldn't resist. We had to go back and uh, a couple of months later and make the whole film mm. of the two women. That's fascinating to, to, to have that the chance behind it, too, just, oh, yeah. just to roll the dice. What other films have come to you that way? You, you said that most of them did? I would say so, right. Uh, we made uh, uh, half a dozen or so films of classical music uh, by just by meeting uh, Peter Gell by chance. and uh, He was an agent for these people and had the recourse to the financing and, and the distribution. Uh, later on, he became, uh, uh, as he is today, the head of the Metropolitan Opera. It's a funny story how we got to make the film of the Beatles. Oh, how's that? I got a call one day from Granada Television, and they said the Beatles are arriving in New York at the airport in uh, two hours. Would you like to make a film of them? <laughs> I put my hand over the phone and turned to my brother, and I said, "Who oh, the Beatles are they any good? <laughs> Fortunately, he knew, and he said, oh, they're great. And we both got on the phone, made the deal, rushed out to the airport as the plane was coming down, and spent the next week with them day and night without any kind of uh, thing hindering. Uh, so no filter, you were able to just, yeah, you had access? Yeah, access to them uh, in the hotel rooms, on the train, uh, Everywhere they went, we were with them and uh, filming. And, and you mentioned your brother. I, I was looking through the uh, Maisel scrapbook. Right. And everyone should have a Maisel scrapbook. Uh, there's a, a letter there to Mick Jagger talking about the ending of the film, Gimme Shelter. What was the response to that letter? Because the, the setup is is you have the death at the end at, at Altamont. Right. And there is a... Uh, 
bit of controversy how you're going to handle that in in the film, and it, I think the ending has changed a little bit. Tell us a little bit about that experience. There was a uh, killing uh, by the Hells Angels mm-hmm. at, at Altamont. We were fortunate enough to uh, have captured that on, on film. That's a tough thing for a performer to see in a, in a film that's made of uh, the group's performance, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and actually... Also in the scrapbook, there's a foreword by Martin Scorsese. And just to go back to uh, Gimme Shelter, he's got a, a, a Stones documentary coming out, Shine a Light. Have you had a chance to see that? And oh, yeah. you, I, I haven't. What, what would you say <laughs> to Martin? Well, you know, I participated uh, somewhat in making, uh, uh, shooting the film with Scorsese. The day before, uh, he had brought together his... Uh, 18, 35-millimeter camera crew. <laughs> he called me up and said, look, it would be great if you could come and bring your video camera and just uh, shoot whatever you feel uh, uh, appropriate. And uh, besides, Keith and uh, Mick have asked you to come. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was wonderful. I, so I participated somewhat in the making of the, uh, of the film. And saw it as it was being put together. And then... Uh, just recently, I saw the final uh, film, and uh, I loved it. It's great. It was uh, very much a, uh, a concert film in itself. Yeah. So uh, it differed in that regard. There is a film in progress. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? You have a film on your life, I believe. you're putting. Yes, I'm making an autobiography film, pulling together various experiences through my life as a filmmaker and as a family person, sharing my adventures, <laughs> yeah. with a, a lot also of, of footage that hasn't been seen before. We're talking to Albert Mazels, the documentary filmmaker, and we're here at UCI. We have a film and video department at, here at UCI. Do you have any uh, words of wisdom for any of the students here on campus? If they're going to start a career in documentary filmmaking, is there something they should take with them? Well, I think I've always been at my best, as any artist is, I think, when the subject matter of the film is something that uh, reflects in some way or other, directly or indirectly, uh, something in in my own early experience as a child, perhaps. Uh, so it's so, like, so much more likely that choose the subject of your, out of your own personal interest, rather than uh, on somebody's assignment. Uh, 
perhaps uh, CNN and NBC and ABC and all those commercial networks would uh, benefit from that kind of suggestion. <laughs> they only do their own stuff, and uh, so that they hire people to uh, to make their make their films uh, according to their own direction, not of the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, as an independent. Uh, you should exercise that privilege of uh, choosing what you feel is what you really want to do uh, in, in the filmmaking. And then you go out and uh, make a trailer. Uh, could be as little as three or four minutes and uh, to give a, a possible sponsor uh, a feeling of what you're about to do yeah. and, uh, and describe it in words of maybe of a page or two. Right. Well, it's uh, certainly something that you have done your entire career from psychiatry in Russia all the way till today. Albert Mazels, it's been an honor to have you here at film school. Thank you so much, and all the best to you and your future work. My pleasure. To learn more about film school, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast visit our website at KUCI.org slash filmschool.